city. I'm reading today from the book of Ezekiel chapter 47. The book of Ezekiel chapter 47. And I'm going to begin reading from the first verse. While you're turning there, let me say how happy I am and thankful to have all of our guests with us. Could we give all of our guests a great big hand clap of appreciation? Amen. I'm glad to see all that are here tonight. I'm, I'm particularly thankful Ethan and Sophia are in the house this morning. God bless them from Urshan College. Amen. And it's so good to see the rankings, our family here today. And I think the last time the rankings were here was on opening day. And I don't mean the Reds. Amen. It was right here, opening day at Tree of Life Church. And uh, we had about six inches of snow fall in about three hours. Strategically between 8.30 a.m. and 11.30 a.m. We had planned to gather for our opening day. You know, we made the announcement. We said, listen, we're going to, we wanted everybody to know, you do not have to get out on these treacherous roads. But we knew some of you would. And so we said, you're more than welcome to. So what we're going to do is we're going to virtually stream it and we're going to have a live studio audience. Thought it would just maybe shoot two birds with one stone. You're welcome to stay home and not endanger your life. But you're also more than welcome to come and be a part of this studio audience. You know, we had about a 275 studio audience that day. It was a blessed time in the Lord. And we thank God. I'm grateful for Tree of Life Church. This is a blessed people. Amen. From Ezekiel chapter 47, beginning with verse number 1, the scripture says this. Afterward... He brought me again into the door of the house. Behold, waters issued out from under the threshold of the house eastward. For the forefront of the house stood toward the east, and the waters came down from under the right side of the house at the south side of the altar. Then brought he me out of the way of the gate northward, led me about the way without into the utter gate by the way that looked eastward. And behold, there ran out waters on the right side. And when the man that had the line in his hand went forth eastward, he measured a thousand cubits. He brought me through the waters. He brought me through the waters. He brought me through the waters. The waters were to the ankles. Again, he measured a thousand and brought me through the waters. The waters were to the knees. Again, he measured a thousand and brought me through the waters. The waters were to the loins. Afterward, he measured a thousand and it was a river that I could not pass over for the waters were risen, waters to swim in, a river that could not be passed over. He said unto me, Son of man, hast thou seen this? Now I want you to notice this. Then he brought me and caused me to return to the brink of the river. Now when I had returned, behold, at the bank of the river were very many trees on the one side and on the other. Then said he unto me, These waters issue out toward the east country and go down into the desert. They go down into the sea, which being brought forth into the sea, the waters shall be healed. And it shall come to pass that everything that liveth, which moveth, whithersoever the river shall come, shall live. And there shall be a very great multitude of fish, because these waters shall come thither. For they shall be healed, and everything shall live whither the river cometh. And I want to speak to you particularly from verses 6 and 7. Returning to the brink of the river. Returning to the brink of the river. Could we lift up our voices and ask God's blessing upon the preaching of his word this morning. Lord, I thank you for this day and for every person that has gathered in this place. Lord, I thank you for your spirit that's moving so mightily among us. I pray in Jesus' name that you would minister your word, minister healing in the name of the Lord. Bless this house and bless every person that has gathered here today, Lord. Let the anointing of your spirit be upon the preaching of your word today. And for this, we give you praise in Jesus' name. And everybody said, in Jesus' name. Everybody said, amen. And amen. God bless you. You may be seated in the name of the Lord. I want to say how thankful we are to have brother and sister Hernandez with us today who are preaching at Arbol de Vida this weekend. God bless you, brother and sister Hernandez. Brother Hernandez preached a beautiful word last night. God bless you. Amen. For Moses, the great prophet, it was a burning bush that he said, now I will turn aside and see this great sight because he saw a bush that was burning and yet it was not consumed. 
And he, he in that moment, that, uh, that decision of turning aside from what he was focused on and concentrating his attention on the bush that was burning but not being consumed, that was a critical juncture in his life and it changed everything. Now, later he will part Red Seas, later he will bring water from the rock, later he will cause manna to fall as he calls upon God. Later, he will receive tablets of stone that are the Ten Commandments, which are the basis of all civilized legal understanding, and, and he, will, he will be used of God on so many levels, and, and yet it all started with a little bush that was burning but not being consumed. And for Samuel, it was uh, being alone in the temple of the Lord. Uh, and he heard a, a voice that simply called his name twice, Samuel, Samuel. And after Eli instructed him how to respond, he eventually would say, Speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth. And thus initiated a walk with God and, a, and an anointed uh, ministry and endeavor that would change the course of history in Israel's, uh, in Israel's history and in ours. And uh, he was greatly used of God in a variety of ways. He anointed Saul to be king. He anointed David to be king. And he judged Israel faithfully. But it all started with a, with a little moment with God in the temple of the Lord. For Adam, it was communion with God in the cool of the day. For Elisha, he was just pushing 12 yoke of oxen when a, when a mantle fell on his shoulders and, and it was the prophet Elijah choosing him to be the next recipient of his great of his great ministry and so from one to the other you see these various ones in the holy scriptures who were mightily used of God and God truly uh, set a path for them that launched them into the depth of ministry uh, but but it all started uh, somewhere very small and subtle and simple and and uh, and it was and it was a beautiful thing uh, for you today it, it may actually be this moment there may be somebody here right now that this may be the first time you're even encountering what it is that I'm describing that still small nudging of the spirit of the Lord that that tells you go a little further and step out in faith and I have I have plans for you. I know the thoughts that I think toward you, thoughts of peace and not of evil. And so this, this may actually be the moment for you that is similar to the moments I've described for these great figures of faith in the Bible. Uh, for me, uh, it was as a child, and I, I remember very well those, those special moments with God. Uh, many times they were in church services they were at altar calls if you please we call them altar calls when we when we call people to the altar what we're doing when we say that is we're, we're asking people we're giving them an opportunity to to step forward and into that into that future that God is calling them into and it's an opportunity to step away from the thing that's holding you down burdening you and and into the purposes and the plans that God has for your life. And so for me, it was, there were some special moments at the altar where it was just me and God. There might've been hundreds of people surrounding me, but, but it really truly was just me and God. It was, it was like a channel opened up and, and, and it was, it was he and I face to face and, and it would happen at church or it could even happen at home. I remember very vividly with my Bible opened as a 10-year-old boy on the kitchen table and I was reading the word of the Lord and the oneness of God, it just crystallized in my understanding. And I, I saw the beauty of this truth that God was manifest in the flesh and took away my sins from my life. And it was the most amazing experience. And these are things, ladies and gentlemen, that I will never trade for anything in the world. I remember these moments where I wrestled with God, where I talked with God, where he talked with me. 
Uh, they haven't always been affirming in terms of him being pleased with me. A lot of times they were correctional. They were him rebuking and exhorting me to do better and to act differently. And, and even then, though, it was that still small voice that I had come to know and love and trust. And I still to this day and forevermore will trust that still small voice that comes to me by way of the Spirit but is anchored and validated by His Holy Word. Praise God. And so you may have those experiences yourself. As I mentioned, for some of you, it may be this very moment. Uh, but then for uh, a great host of you, you know what I'm talking about. And you have your own moments in your own life where you can point to places, specific locations where God caught you away into a holy place and spoke to you his word and gave you understanding and gave you life and gave you faith. And, and it is, there's just nothing that can replace that. And yet, even as beautiful as those moments are, they do call upon us and compel us and require us to step forward into that that he is calling us to do. And so, as much as we would like to stay there, and in the case of Peter and James and John and the Mount of Transfiguration, so beautiful was that moment that Peter said, I don't even want to leave this place. I how about we just build three tabernacles and just stay right where we are? And as nice as that may sound at times, that is not the will of God. God is nudging us, moving us. He is propelling us forward into his divine purposes. And, and so it is that he will give us these experiences and these moments to lay a foundation for our lives. For Ezekiel, that moment came in the first chapter and the Bible says that he was among the first wave of captives that were carried off into Babylon. He was experiencing what had been foretold for some time that, by, that because of the wickedness of Israel, they were going to be carried away captive and, uh, and Ezekiel is actually living out this moment and he is getting closer to God in this moment of captivity. Isn't it unique how that works? That in some of the most dreaded experiences of life, some of the most frightful moments that you have ever uh, encountered, those indeed are the moments where you and God get alone and talk it all out. And something starts to shift in your thinking. Your paradigm starts to, to, to shift a little bit. And you see God differently. And you see his plan and his purpose a little differently than you once did. And that's what happened with Ezekiel. He was by the river Shabar. And by the river Shabar, Ezekiel lays back and looks up into the heavens. And great clouds gathered overhead. And uh, the heavens started doing a strange thing. They just looked differently on that day than they had any other day. And little did he know, but what was about to happen in the next few seconds was going to change the course of his life forever. And so the clouds began to part. And he described it this way. He said, the heavens were opened and I saw visions of God. God opened up to Ezekiel that day. Now that may not sound very exciting to you, uh, or maybe it does, but, but it's easy to just kind of lump Ezekiel into all the other wonderful things that God showed to people. Elisha, Elijah, and Moses, and Abraham, and Isaac, and Jacob, and Joseph, and on and on the great stories go. But Ezekiel was separated. You, you can't even imagine how distant he was. Uh, experientially and even chronologically from so many of those other experiences. This was not an everyday occurrence. This was the first time in his life he had ever encountered anything of this nature. And there it was. The heavens opened before him and he saw visions of God. And he saw God moving mightily in a way that he did not even know that God could move. And, and the Lord described himself 
Ezekiel tried his best to describe to us what he was seeing. It was in this moment that we hear for the first time the concept of a wheel in the middle of a wheel. It was Ezekiel who saw him as a wheel in the middle of a wheel. And he watched the spirit of the Lord moving, darting to and fro through the earth. And, and it was moving fast. And it had a, such a unique description that Ezekiel laid upon it. And, uh, and so for the next several chapters of this book, Ezekiel describes all that God showed him, all that God required of him, because Ezekiel wasn't just describing things he saw, but Ezekiel actually had to live out what he was witnessing. And even the, even the foretelling of the doom and the gloom that was coming, Ezekiel had to experience it first. And he actually lived it out in the eyes of the people. And they saw as kind of a type and a shadow of a, of a glimpse into the future some of the calamity that was coming upon the whole nation of Israel. They saw it kind of encapsulated in the life of Ezekiel. And so Ezekiel lives this out through his writings and he describes it. I won't go into all of it, but there were a number of experiences that he had personally that were all a part of his calling. And that's something you have to understand that when you give everything over to God, then you, you, you may expect all things to get rosy real fast. But how many have ever experienced that, that the moment you made some decisions, things got a little wobbly before they got better? It got a little worse before they got better. Can I get a witness in the house of God today? Anybody know what I'm talking about? You thought that it would be a peace forevermore on that happy golden shore. And oh, what a day that will be. Amen. And it was, but it was something that you weren't expecting. It, it turned out to be quite a crisis, quite a trial of your faith. And that's what Ezekiel was experiencing. But the Lord took him through all of it. And he showed him the destruction of Jerusalem. He showed him that Jerusalem was going to be destroyed because of their wickedness. And he saw very vividly and very plainly the gross idolatry of the nation of Israel and the, and the consequences that resulted in Jerusalem being destroyed. And so he saw all of that unfold and he began to describe to them, he began to prophesy to them, telling them this is about to happen. He described their spiritual state through so many various parables and said, this is how God sees you and this is how you're acting towards God. And then he received word from the Lord that God was going to set him up as a prophet but that the people weren't even going to listen to him. Yeah, and so Ezekiel had quite a challenging ministry that he received from the Lord. And so God takes him through this whole process until you get to the last several chapters of his book. And the Lord begins to say, okay, I've shown you the destruction of Israel. I've shown you how Jerusalem will fall. I've shown you the captivity, this first wave and the next wave of captivity. But now I'm going to show you that that's not the end of the story. I'm going to demonstrate to you now, Ezekiel, that, that I am going to restore hope in my people. And, uh, and Ezekiel began to see uh, in the depictions of God's uh, words to him how that God was going to create in Israel a new creature. And that he was going to take away their stony heart out of their flesh and give them a new heart. And he began to observe really the ministry and the workings of Jesus, the Messiah. Uh, you see it very clearly in the vision of the Valley of Dry Bones. If, if you know anything about Ezekiel, you may know this account, but just very briefly, I'll share with you. God showed him a valley of dry bones and the bones were all over the place. They were dead soldiers. But God said to Ezekiel, can these bones live? And Ezekiel said, only you know whether these bones can live. That's a pretty good answer. The Lord knows whether these bones can live. And then the Lord said, then prophesy to these bones. And that man of God lifted up his voice and he declared the word of the Lord to those bones. That's what we're doing when we preach the word of God, ladies and gentlemen. This is not a lecture. This is not sermonizing. This isn't some kind of a, of a speech of motivation. No, this is declaring the word of the Lord to bones that used to live and need to live again. 
We do not bring to you the wisdom of man. We do not bring to you the art of man's devices. We bring to you the demonstration of the spirit and the power, the word of almighty God. Can these bones live? Thou knowest, Lord. Then prophesied of these bones. And when he did, the Bible says that bone came to his bone and they were gathered together and joints were formed. And, and the bones that once had lived but died were now living again. And they stood upright as a mighty army ready to go forward. And then they were still lifeless. And the Lord said to Ezekiel, do you think these bones can live? Do you think that they can breathe and function? And he said, prophesy to the winds. And when Moses, Elijah, Ezekiel rather, began to prophesy to the winds, the winds came from every which direction and breathed into those dead bones that once were dry filling a valley but now they march in succession to one another demonstrating and depicting what God is going to do in the last day church I want you to know that valley of dry bones was a picture of what man had become that man that was made in the image of God that man that the Lord God formed out of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and man became a living soul that man was now depicted by this valley of dry bones strewn about with no life at all but when the word of God came and I'm going to tell you that the word of God came when the word was made flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory the glory as of the only begotten of the father full of grace and full of truth and when that wind came I'll tell you when that wind came it came when the day of Pentecost was fully come and they were all with one accord in one place and suddenly oh I said suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind and it filled all the house where they were sitting and there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire and it sat upon each of them and they were all filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance and I'm going to tell you what he did back then he's still doing it today and he can do it this morning oh yes he can Hallelujah. When, he, when the word stood those bones upright, that was the equivalent of Jesus gathering his apostles into the upper room. And when that wind breathed into those bones, it was the equivalent of the rushing mighty wind. Ezekiel was seeing the day of Pentecost in Ezekiel 37. Hallelujah. And just a few chapters later, where we arrive, the Lord is taking him on the second tour of the temple. The first tour of the temple was the tour of the temple as it was and as it would be destroyed and all of the idolatry that was taking place in the temple. But the second tour of the temple, it was a new temple. It was a temple not made with man's hands. Know ye not that you are the temple of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. He was showing him a city that lieth four square. He was showing him a city that hath foundations whose builder and maker is God. He was showing him a city. Hallelujah. That we are built upon which is the foundation of the apostles and prophets. Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. I want you to know ladies and gentlemen God was showing Ezekiel the church the temple of the Lord Woo. the ecclesia those that are called out of every nation those that have those that have been washed in the blood of the lamb filled with the spirit of our God he's showing the collective body of Christ and, and they are a temple of the Lord they are the temple of the Lord and so Ezekiel is, is observing the temple and, and God is showing him how this new temple is going to operate. And the Bible says that he brought him to the door of the temple and out from the door was a trickle of water, a trickle of water. That trickle of water is very similar to those precious, small, simple experiences I described at the beginning of this message. That trickle of water is similar to when you and I first heard that voice. 
that, that, that when we first wept tears of, of sensitivity to his spirit. My wife tells of the time when she was a little girl and my grandmother would sing. My grandmother Urshan would sing and my wife would, as just a little girl, she would hear my grandmother sing the songs of Zion and she would weep and, and, and wouldn't even know why she was weeping, but her, her little heart was touched by the singing of the songs of the people of God. And, and she was just a small child. Jesus said, unless you have the faith like of a little child, you cannot enter into the kingdom of heaven. There is something special about that little trickle of water that comes out from under the door of the temple of the Lord. And, and so the scripture teaches us the rhetorical question asked by the prophet Zechariah, who hath despised the day of small things? Why would you do such a thing? Why would you underestimate or undervalue that tender plant that comes up out of the ground? It's a tender plant when it comes up out of the ground. If you think it's tender now, you should have seen it when it went into the ground because the grain of mustard seeds, the mustard seed is the least of all seeds but when you put it in the ground something happens underneath underneath the soil something happens in that small encounter it has and, and things inside of it that God put inside of it begin to break forth and roots shoot out and they may be little at first and they may be vulnerable and precious at first but it comes up out of that ground as a tender plant but over time it strengthens as a stalk strengthens and it becomes a trunk of a tree and branches shoot out and leaves and fruit and now the mustard seed though it be the least of all seeds when it is grown it is the greatest of the herbs and the birds of the tree air can lodge in the branches of that tree that's the way it is in our walk with God it might start out small but it will grow and it will become mighty and it will become significant unshakable unwavering mighty powerful and Ezekiel is looking at this trickle and the Bible says that there was a man who was who was the tour guide and, and, and this one who was the tour guide who had the measuring line began to say follow me and he measured a thousand a thousand and, and as he measured he brought Ezekiel along through the waters and since the day you first felt Jesus and again maybe this is the first day you have felt Jesus so I'll give you a forewarning but those of you who may have been in it for a little while you know what I'm talking about you go through the waters and what once started as a trickle becomes an ankle deep experience and it's it's kind of refreshing anybody ever walk through the ankle deep waters of the ocean you know what I'm talking about you're just between lunch and something else that night, but you happen to be near the water and you don't have time to go jump in. So you just kind of roll the cuff up on your pants and, and you just kind of walk out into the, into the water. It's just refreshing to let that water sweep over your foot and over your ankle. And then a wave comes and hits you in the knees. You weren't planning on that, but that wasn't too bad. Kind of nice, a little exciting as a matter of fact. Little exciting. Went from being refreshing to a little exciting. And that's what Ezekiel was having. He was just having a nice refreshing stroll with the man that had the measuring line in his hand. And it was in the ankle deep experience. But, but then as he went a little further, these waves started coming up, creeping up and hit his kneecaps. And he's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. What we got going on here? This is quite exciting. My goodness, I better back up. No, you're not backing up, Ezekiel. You're going further. You're going further and the ankle deep turned into knee deep water and knee deep water is different than ankle deep water. Now we're getting, now we're getting serious. You're in waist deep water. Waist deep water is a whole different kind of commitment. You're not going anywhere after you get into waist deep water. If you were just on uh, a little, had a little time to spare after lunch before your next appointment and you wanted to take a little stroll through the water, hey, that thing hits you in the waist and you're not going anywhere for a little while. 
because you are committed now to a different degree than what you had been committed prior to that experience. Ezekiel was now committed to a different degree. His footing is, is off balance just a little bit. He's trying to make his way, trying to feel his way in waters. He can't really see the, the bottom of the, of the river, but, but it started out as a little trickle. Now it went from the ankles to the knees and now it's up to the waist and Ezekiel is moving along trusting the man with the line in his hand. Let me tell you something about these waters that Ezekiel was, was in. These waters were healing waters. Everything that once lived but died comes to life in these waters. These waters are healing waters. These waters bring dead things to life. These waters make sick things healed. These waters are healing waters. They were healing waters when they were at the ankle. They were healing waters when they were at the knee. And they're healing waters when they're higher than you expected them to go. You may be unsure navigating them, but they are still healing waters. And I'm preaching to somebody today that maybe what started out as a trickle has you in some uncertain territory and you're not sure what the next step is going to bring and you don't know if you'll fall further you don't know if it's making its way up to your to your neckline or what but I want to assure you you're on the path that God has you on I want to ensure you assure you today that these are still healing waters they may feel uncertain but they're uh, they're healing waters you may feel unsettled navigating them but they're healing waters hallelujah you can trust him who has the line in his hand and so ezekiel finally he gets to the point folks where the waters are over his head and he can't feel the ground anymore the waters are way over him he is trying to gain his footing He's still in the presence of God. He's still in healing waters. He's still in the divine providence of God's word. He's still in the promises of Israel. He's still in the kingdom covenant prophecy. But he can't get his footing. And so that's where we find ourselves many times. What do you do? What do you do when you're just walking with God? And you know things are good and you know God is great and you know he's a healer and he's a savior and he's a deliverer and he's a redeemer and your family's going to be saved and your God's going to use you in ministry and he's anointed your mouth to speak his words and yet you can't seem to gain your footing. You're in waters to swim in. This is what the scripture says happened to Ezekiel. He said, I could not pass over. The waters were waters to swim in. They were over my head. They were under my feet. I was completely consumed. Here's the word. I was overwhelmed. And the Bible says that the man with the line in his hand said, hey, come with me. You know where he took him? He took him to the brink of the river. He took him back to where it all started. Took him back from the waters to swim in, to the waist deep waters, to the knee deep waters, to the ankle deep waters. Brought him all the way back to the brink of the river where the little trickle was coming out from under the temple of the Lord. He said, I want you to stand here for a while and now I want you to look. And when Ezekiel lifted up his eyes, everywhere he looked, the river was flowing. And the river was all the way out in the desert. And it was causing the desert to blossom like a rose. It was all the way out into the sea. And everything that it touched in the sea, it brought back to life. It was reaching the Dead Sea where nothing can live. I've been in the Dead Sea. I swam in the Dead Sea. 80 feet deep. And I sat there and didn't need a raft or an inner tube. I just laid in the Dead Sea floating because you can't seek in the density of that dead sea and yet this river touched the deadness of that sea and it caused things to be able to live again hear what i'm telling you ladies and gentlemen this river is going everywhere this river is reaching the dead and bringing them back to life let me tell you about this river this river is going to deliver the alcoholic from their addiction this river is going to put broken relationships back together this river is going to heal every cancer it's going to heal every stroke victim it's going to heal every heart attack victim
It's going to bring healing to the body and to the soul. Every broken heart is going to be mended by the healing properties of this river. Tree of Life Church, we're in this city for a reason. We're in Cincinnati, Ohio for a reason. We're here to see the river flow. We're here to see, hallelujah, people brought up out of bondage, delivered into the glorious liberty and light of Jesus Christ. But I'm just going to be honest with you. Sometimes these are waters to swim in. It is overwhelming to consider all that God has put in our hands to do for his glory. All that he has put in our hearts. We did not just come to this city just to come to church on Sunday at 11 a.m., sing a few songs, shout a little bit, hear a sermon, pray for 10 or 15 minutes and go home. No, we came to see the blind healed. Hallelujah. We came to see the deaf ears restored. We came, hallelujah, to see lost people found. We came to see dead people live. We want peace in our city. We want the blood of Jesus to flow freely. We want the anointing of the Holy Ghost to touch people from the top of their head to the sole of their feet. God's using Tree of Life Church to provide a safe place for moms and dads to raise their children in the kingdom of God. It's providing a safe place where people can find God and feel after God and live for God and serve God and serve their fellow man. Hallelujah. I'm going to tell you something. It can feel overwhelming at times because of all that God has called us to do. And he's giving us multiple campuses. Even as we speak, we're in the process of acquiring more campuses in Jesus' name. Even as we speak, there are things developing because the work of God is going to go forward in this city. And I want you to hear what I'm telling you, ladies and gentlemen. We're not going to get out into these waters and not be able to find our footing. There's one way to navigate this river. you got to go back to the brink of the river. You've got to return to where it all started. You've got to go back to the simplicity. I said to the simplicity. Do you remember when it was just a little talk with Jesus? Made everything all right? Let me tell you. Let me tell you how to navigate this river. You navigate this river the same way it started. With the small things like prayer, like the word, like evangelism, like teaching Bible studies, like fasting, like prayer meetings. It's not complicated, Ezekiel. Don't get out in those waters and lose your footing. Come on back to the door of the temple. Ah, hallelujah. I don't ever want to get to the point where we've got so much going on that we don't have time for a prayer meeting. I don't want to get to the point where we have so much going on that we don't have time to teach Bible studies. I don't want to get to the point where so many good things are happening. We forget where we came from. We came from prayer. We came from fasting and worship and sacrifice and consecration. I remember traveling into a convention I was preaching and, and I was on the road and I was trying to get there time for the service and things we had so much going on here and we had so much other so many other things happening and I was trying to make it in for that convention this was several years ago and I I thought I knew what I'm I know what I'm going to preach I'm, I'm going to preach I felt like that was what the Lord would have me preach tucked it away and went on to preach and when I got up in that pulpit, I didn't even think about it. I knew how to preach this message. I knew it from start to finish. I didn't have to think about it. I opened up my mouth and started preaching that message. And something happened. And I don't, I don't even know what happened, except that for a series and segment of time, I couldn't say a word. And I stood there, I stood there terrified. Finally, I came back to myself and I started to preach. I got through that message and I went away from that place. I said, Lord, what happened? And the Lord said, you started thinking you could do this. 
I needed to remind you where your help comes from. Let me tell you something, we can't do this on our own. If we don't have the power of God, we don't have anything. If we don't have the blood of Jesus, we don't have anything. If we don't have the resurrection power of the Lord Jesus Christ, we don't have anything. We've got to return to the brink of the river where it was just us and God. Where it was just us and a Bible open on a kitchen table. And we didn't have hundreds of people gathering. And we didn't have multiple campuses accumulating and reaching the whole city. No! It's got to come back to the brink of the river. You get caught up in that river and you don't know where the river's going and you don't know what the river's doing. You're overwhelmed. You've got everything around you has got you suffocating and drowning in a sea of activity. Good things happening? Yes. Kingdom of God prophecy? Yes. People being healed? Yes. But you're overwhelmed. You have to return to the brink of the river. You got to return to where it all started. A little prayer meeting. A little folding of the hands to pray. Hallelujah. Shut in with God in a secret place. Beholding his power. Hallelujah. There in the spirit. Hallelujah. Gaining new power to run in this race. This is what happens when you're shut in with God. Returning to the brink of the river. Come on back to a place of prayer come on back to a place of consecration to God come on back to where it all started that's the real view God wants you to have and when Ezekiel looked up from that view wow look look at all the people being healed look at all the souls being saved Look at all the relationships being restored. You can't see any of that when you're overwhelmed by the waters to swim in. You can only see that when you return to where it all started. Lord, take me back to the old landmark where I made a new commitment and began a fresh start. Oh, hallelujah, help me find my direction. I don't ever want to walk into this pulpit and think I know how to do this. I know how to preach. I'll, be, I'll, I'll confess to you, I don't know how to preach and I don't know how to publicly, I'm not a public speaker. All I am is somebody who loves God and loves his word and loves his people. And then what you see is what you get after that. I need Jesus or I have nothing. We've got to have Jesus, Tree of Life Church, or we have nothing. We can't walk into this world and bring anything to them but Jesus Paul said I came not to you with enticing words of man's wisdom but in the demonstration of the spirit and of power I know nothing among you save Jesus Christ and him crucified hallelujah come on somebody lift up your hands right now lift up your hands right now thank you Jesus thank you Jesus thank you Jesus Come on, I want somebody, hallelujah, who remembers what it was like to be alone with God. You remember when he first started talking to you. You remember how innocent it was, how precious those days were. And somewhere, somehow, things drifted off into waters to swim in. And God says to you in a still, small voice, come away. Come away, my fair one, my love. Come away with me. Hallelujah. 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 Don't you want to go? Don't you want to go into the presence of the Lord? Come on back to the door of the temple. Hallelujah. How many remember when you first started praising God? How, how good that felt? My God, maybe you walked away from it, but when you came back, you know what I'm talking about. How, remember, how many remember when you came back? How good it just to walk into his presence 
Hallelujah. We're going to get information to you, but we're going to make sure that this place has opportunities for you to come and pray and seek the face of God because we might have a lot of seats, a lot more seats than we used to have, but I want you to be able to kneel in each one of them. Each one of them represents a soul that can be in communion with God. Hallelujah. We've got to, we've got to make sure we never venture too far from the brink of the river. Stand with me right now. Lift up your voice unto God. Lift up your hands unto the Lord. Lift up a praise unto his name. Hallelujah. Samuel, Samuel, Moses, Moses, Abraham, Abraham, Lazarus, come forth. Come on, you got to go back to the brink of the river. You've got to, you've got to come back to where it all started. Where it was sweet and simple and precious and pure. Sweet and simple and precious and pure. Where you weren't as concerned about what everybody else around you thought. You just wanted to be alone with God. Come on, I'm opening these altars. Thank you, brethren, for coming. There are more that need to come right now. I don't want anybody to leave this house feeling like you're overwhelmed or things are too complicated for you to feel God or touch God. I want you to return to the brink of the river. I want you to return, Tree of Life Church. We've got to make sure we return to the brink of the river. Hallelujah, where we sweet, sing sweet songs to Jesus and we feel his presence sweep over our soul and we pray for our loved ones and we preach the pure gospel of Jesus Christ to a lost and dying world. Yeah, hallelujah. Hey. Come on, that's it, that's it, that's it, that's it. Woo! That's it. To the place. To the place. Where I first received you. Take me back. Take me back. Take me back, Lord. Take me back, dear Lord, where I where I first first Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. everybody that's in this place who feels overwhelmed hear me I want everybody in this place who feels overwhelmed there is an overwhelming spirit in our generation it's a suffocating drowning burdening presence in this generation and you feel it and you know you do and I'm calling it out by the unction of the Holy Ghost I'm calling it out in you right now I want everyone who feels overwhelmed. You get one thing done and something else pops up. You get something accomplished and something else is, is, is staring you in the face. You jump from fear to fear, from worry to worry. The stress is becoming too much for you to handle. You are in waters to swim in. God is with you. 
God is on the throne. He has all power in heaven and in earth, but you're in waters to swim in and you can't find your footing. The Lord has shown up this morning to tell you, come back to me. Come back to the simplicity of just walking with me, hearing my voice, communing with me in the cool of the day. Come on, somebody, right now, I want you to lift up your praise unto God right now. I need the overwhelmed people. Don't leave this place with burdens on your shoulders. Glory, glory, hallelujah, since I laid my burdens down. God wants you to offload those burdens this morning. Come on, that's it in the name of the Lord.
Oh, oh.